welcome back to my love letter time machine, where we are unfolding the Victorian love story contained in the letters of two ordinary people from Yorkshire, Fred Shepherd and Janie Warburton. I'm Ingrid Birchall-Hughes, and I just happen to be their great-great-granddaughter. Each week, we travel 140 years back in time to discover the latest happenings, and today, Janie comforts Fred, and Emma discovers that Mr Walker has been two-timing her. This time, we have a rather gossipy exchange, featuring a nice long one, as Fred would say from Janie. So I'll keep my comments to a minimum in this episode and let things play out. You may remember that last week, Fred had been tempted not once but twice to accept a kickback from two different suppliers to the North Eastern Steel Company. I'm really touched by Janie's kind words in her next letter. Hansworth, March the 7th, 1882. My own darling husband, I was so pleased to receive your nice long letter this morning. I do enjoy yours, my darling. They are such a treat. You are right. Our letters are a necessity of existence. I'm sure I should be miserable if I did not have them often. My missing the class will make no difference to being confirmed. Eva Rourke has brought me the papers today. If you could answer number five and let me have it on Thursday morning... I should be so glad, as one of the girls want to borrow it, and the other one, love, on Friday. I am a lot of bother to you, my darling, but I expect I shall be more to you, love, when I am your little wifey. I love you more than ever. You get dearer every day, my husband, my everything. Imagine I have just given you one kiss. I wish I could give you two. Have you inquired about the man called Edward Fay? Mother is interested in him. He has left his wife through some cause, but I think it is removed now and she will be so glad to hear from him or where he is. I think it would be a charity to let her know if you can find him out. My darling, I do hope your leg will be better. I am so sorry you got hurt, love. Have you done anything to it? Perhaps your landlady, Mrs Gordon, will know of something to do it good. You did quite right in refusing the money, love. I know it would have been a strong temptation to accept knowing that it would be so useful just now. But it was much better not to take it. We had better be a little short now, than lose your position and be short ever afterwards, and you would lose your self-respect if you did it, knowing that Mr Cooper would not like anything of the sort. It would be nice if we were married. We could talk through temptation, for I know, love, they will be of frequent occurrence. My cold is better now, love, I shall be so glad to see you only four more Sundays to Easter. I shall have to go now. The baby is crying. I will write more later for you on Thursday, my darling. Good night, love. I do wish I could kiss you. I remain always your loving, true and faithful wife, Janie. Twenty one Church Street, Middlesbrough, March the eighth, eighteen eighty two. My own darling wife, I had not time to answer your letter received this morning, at least not fully. I could not, as I told you, answer the papers at the office. I have answered them both as well as I could and enclosed them to you. 
I hope they will be not too late to be of service to you, darling. I send you also the copy of number five questions so that you may compare the answers for yourself. The class must be on Friday week. I thought they were Thursday nights. They are not a bother to me, darling. I am only too pleased to be of service to you. And as for you being even more bother to me when you are my wife, I think then the case will be reversed, love, and I shall be a bother to you. But if you are a bother, my darling, you will give me your love as compensation, won't you? I am glad that I get dearer to you, my darling. You get dearer to me also, my everything. I return the kiss, love, that you sent me. I wish I could receive and give one, really. Not one, though, but a thousand and one would be sufficient. I have inquired about the man Edward Fays, and I find there is not a man of that name on the works at all, neither for us nor the contractors. What was the reason, love, that he left his wife? Do you know? You do not say in your letter this morning. My leg is near better as possible, wifey. It'll be all right by Saturday. I am glad you agree with me, darling, respecting the money I had offered to me. I thought you would, my wife. We are always of the same way of thinking, darling, aren't we? The strongest reason I had for taking it was to make you more comfortable. But I know you would approve my refusal. You are just the wife I want, my good angel. It is a noble privilege of a wife, my darling, to assist and encourage her husband in goodness, and I shall find the encouragement and assistance, I am sure, in you, love. I am grateful to you, darling, for adding that line I spoke of. I will kiss you at Easter, darling, so much. I am pleased to hear your coal is better, love. I was afraid it would be something serious lasting so long. I wish the baby had not cried when you were writing my letter and then you would have given me more. I am quite greedy for long ones. Another day gone. Only 31 days, darling, and I shall get a letter in the morning. I do love you, my wife, and remain always your loving, true and faithful husband, Fred. In this next from Janie, we get a lovely glimpse into the domestic world of child rearing and not so lovely glimpse into the world of child bearing. Also, please be aware that Janie goes into some description about sex, but the language she uses is very mild. Hansworth, March the 9th, 1882, 10.40. My own darling husband, We have just got in from Rose and I have partly undressed the baby. I am getting my hand in, as they say. He is such a nice little thing. I could do anything for him. Just fancy, I wash two of his dirty Mardo things. Polly and he sleep with me. He goes to sleep on my arm for about an hour every night. I did think of you, darling, when I was in bed and how you would be at the side of me sometime with our little one between us. Don't you think we should be disappointed if we hadn't any? I think a home is very incomplete without children. I can't get on very well, love. They are all talking around me. 11.30. They have gone to bed, so I am quiet now. And we'll try to finish now, my darling. I have had something to do to squeeze a letter in for you this week. You see, it makes us busier with the addition of three to our family. Willie is here too. I will now try to answer your letter of March the 5th, love. I don't think they have got rid of the bantams from your house, love. They may well have. Anyway, John said he wanted ours for our little Walter. My father is not a foul fancier. The reason he bought them was because he thought of raffling them off. He bought them off old Mr Webster. He had to leave his house. I do not know what to do with them. 
I have not been down to your house this week with Polly being here. I must go as soon as I can. I should not like them to feel I neglect them. Mrs. Laverack is not much better. She has not got the use of her side back again. I'm afraid she will not get over it this time. She has been a very delicate woman all her life. I don't know that any troubles about Harry Wilkinson, but I'm sure that she would do if she has loved him as I do you, my darling. He could not have loved her, or he would not have changed when he got away from her. It has made us value each other more. I am sure you are dearer to me now than ever you were, love. I always think our Fred's wedding will be at Whitsuntide, though Polly has said nothing more about it as yet as she may be doing. I should not care to live near my parents as they are going to do, because I think young people are much better to themselves, and I should not care for anyone interfering in my house. I should like to be the mistress and you the master, and it will be so in our house, my darling. I expect you will want a little say in the carrying on of our establishment. It will be so nice to be partners, and each pull the same way for the good of the business. We must try and be patient with each other's faults, darling, must we not? Lily Gray has not been married much over three months. They were married very hastily. My husband, I am quite willing to suffer the pangs of labour for your sake. I have thought about that, love. I do not know the usual time. I think it differs very much in people. You see, when anybody is very small, it always goes hard for them, because there is scarcely any room for the babies to come. They have had to use the instruments to Lily Gray to help it on, or it would never have been born. I would kiss you after your little talk about the small item. I thank you for what little there is, being at my service. I have no doubt we shall make use of it when the opportunity occurs. I know, love, that it has always been my property, and I am very pleased too, and you know mine is yours and always will be. I have not been offended when you looked at it. I know you will not abuse it, and you are sure to do as you like with it. You did make it a bit sore last time. But we shall see, if we do enjoy our exchange of love at Easter, that we have it more comfortable and with greater time. I am afraid your wife will not refuse you. I know it is not for that you love me. I had my suspicions, I don't know whether I've spelt that word right, but I can't get a dictionary now, that the wedding would not be long. Our Fred kept dropping a word out now and again. My darling, I only wish I could leave the salubrious and congenial Hansworth for the dull, miserable life with you. You know that will be like heaven to me. I would leave everybody for you, darling. I shall not mind one bit. In fact, I am pleased I am going away if it is only to get rid of our Emma. I have had such a surfeit of her. I could not bear it much longer. I wish you were coming over next Saturday, but we must wait a little longer. It will soon pass. And then, as you say, three days heaven. I'm sure it will be so, love. I wish it was not so expensive. Then you could come oftener. Your wife would be pleased to have you. But never mind, I shall be with you altogether. And then there will be no expense in coming to see me. I shall be at home to welcome you when you come in. I did get my letter on Saturday, love. I am getting sleepy. I do want to kiss you good night. Good night, darling. I do love you. We'll finish this tomorrow as it is now one o'clock. Continued. Friday afternoon. I will now answer your nice long letter that I got yesterday. It is not very pleasant to write to you when you have a lot of people about. I have had to do mine anywhere this week. I like to get into some quiet corner to write to you. So now I have about an hour to myself. I have done my work and can write to you comfortably. I am in the room by myself.
I do wish you were here. Then I should have no need to write. I could talk to you, my darling. It is a lovely afternoon. We should enjoy a walk down by Catcliffe, shouldn't we, love? I think you must be very different from the usual run of letter writers in not complaining of being irksome, but we neither of us find it so now, darling. It is such a pleasure to both write and receive them. I am sorry the new paper was hardly the style you thought it would be, love, but as it cost you nothing, you cannot grumble. I think it is very nice. I will try it for you some day, when I am your wifey, and then you will perhaps grumble at me for using it. I shall kiss you if you do. I always read your letters, love, five or six times before putting them away. It is very pleasurable. I am glad, my darling, that my letters do you some good, that you feel better and stronger after reading them, as it is just as it should be. I suppose the reason why Ted has not written will be that he can't find time, having Miss Dalton so near at hand. I wish I was nearer to you. It is queer of Mr Glover not coming to see you. He must be offended at something. I should decidedly keep your horror against forcing yourself on anybody. Mr Walker called today. He stopped about ten minutes. He certainly meant to marry our Emma at first, if what she said he said was true, and then inviting us to look through his two houses. It looked as if he wanted her. I don't think the divorce would have been gone into if my father had not thought he would marry her. I feel sure Mr Walker would have done if she had behaved herself, but she can't be civil to anybody. My darling, I should only be too glad to see you before Easter, but as you say, it would throw our marriage later, and we want to be together as soon as possible, so it would be best not to come. I shall certainly pump Polly Rowe the first opportunity about the probable cost of furnishing a house. I have made out a list of everything we want and one of what we have got, and will show it to you at Easter. Polly has got a few things that her mother brought her. She has a very nice ringing machine, a square table, and a sewing machine. I have a sewing machine. Mother said yesterday I could have it, so it is mine now. I did read that piece in the supplement about tight lacing. My waist is 25 inches. You can rely on my not being tight laced after marriage, darling. We will not have any accident with that, love. The subscription is rather heavy for your club, love, but still, it would not do to not pay it. You see, darling, if you were ill, it would come in very useful. I have tried the song many a time, my darling. It does remind me of you. I do love you. I shall have to give up writing now. We'll give you one for Sunday. I remain always your loving, true and faithful wife, Janie. Next, written on a Northeastern Steel Company memorandum sheet, is a very brief note from Fred, and I can't work out if it is just a criticism of the post being slow, Fred nagging Janie to write, or if he's simply just missing her. Of course, it may well be all three. March the 9th, 1882. To Miss Warburton, Cross Keys, Hansworth. I did not receive your promised letter this morning, love. I shall anxiously look for one tomorrow. I think I shall not be disappointed. I expect you will have been busy. Another day gone, only 30 days. I remain your loving, faithful husband, Fred. Across the top left corner, Janie has written, I like your paper. Excuse the smears. It is in haste. Hansworth. March the 9th, 1882, 3pm. My own darling husband, 
I was so glad to receive your letter this morning. It was a treat and a nice long one too. You must not be cross at me, darling, if I do not give you a very long one today. I have not had a minute to spare yesterday and today to write. Last night, Polly Rowe came to tea and we were in the room and I could not leave very well, though I did want to very much. I know how disappointed you would be. You know, love, I take all the opportunities that offer to write to you, my husband. It is such a pleasure. Polly and mother have gone down to Mrs. Allen's just now and left me in care of the house and baby. And our Emma is sat upstairs in the club room doing nothing and won't help in anything. Baby is asleep or I could not write now. Emma has made Polly as uncomfortable as possible all the time she has been here. There is not a bit of pleasure in having anybody. She was like a great bull all last night when Polly and mother came back about half past four. We have to go to Rose to tea. I would far rather stay at home and write to you, my darling, but could not very well refuse. They would be so offended if I did not take Polly down there. So, darling, do not be cross if my note is short. I am sure you would forgive me if you could see what I have to do. I will give you another for Saturday and Sunday. Oh, I do wish you were here, so that I could talk to you. I love you more and more, and I miss you more than ever, my darling. You get dearer every day. I am looking forward to our happy, wedded life, love. I don't know what I should do if I had not that to look forward to, for it has been miserable at home. I have the baby to dress to take to Rose, so I shall have to give over now, my darling. Do please excuse me. I do wish I could kiss you. I remain your own darling wife, Janie. I wonder what Janie means by Emma behaving like a great bull. It's starting to look like perhaps Emma expects to be the centre of attention and that Polly bringing the baby, who will no doubt have been cooed and fussed over by one and all, will have drawn that attention away and so Emma has taken it out on poor Polly. And this is on top of Emma habitually not pulling her weight in the running of the household. My mum, Jeannie, who's Janie's great-granddaughter, said something interesting to me a while back, that between William, the eldest, and Emma, there was a gap of five years, and that when Emma was born, she may well have been spoiled and fussed over. It might explain why Janie and Fred comment that Maria, Janie and Emma's mother, is so often lenient with her. Anyway, it looks as if from Janie's next letter that Emma's attitude may well be the reason Mr Walker has not been straight with her in the past. He comes clean now, though. Hansworth, March the 10th, 1882, 10.30pm. My own darling, I have been to the class tonight. I expect all the answers were right, but Reverend Mowat does not say much about them. He looks them very hurriedly over and explains them a little, He is not very impressive when telling us anything. They were in time, love. I copied them out this afternoon. We stop at Reverend Mowat's about an hour from seven to eight. We only have another time to go and then we get our cards. The confirmation is on Thursday week. I have got two more papers for you to help me with, darling. I have got these two to myself, so will not hurry you so much over these if you send them any time between now and Friday. I don't know how I should go on without you, my husband. It is so nice to have someone you can apply to and to advise in anything. And that really does love you and will help you without thinking it a trouble. I do love you, darling. I'm sure I would do anything for you. Our Emma came in not long ago. She has been down with Mr Walker as far as Swallow Nest. You remember me telling you 
about him bringing a young person in the trap with his sister and her beau to go to the theatre, and he had proffered to take our Emma the night before, but did not come until the next night, and came with them, and what ugly things she called him. Well, he has been telling her that he is courting this young woman, tonight, by what I can understand from her. You can't get much out of her, but I can tell, as well as anything, when he has offended her, she goes and sits and mopes. She will now say that she has something to drink for. I believe that the courting has all been on her side. I am afraid he did not go as far as she led our people to suppose. I really believe that if she had behaved herself as she did at first, all would have gone on well. She has nobody to blame but herself, so she must bear the consequences. I can't pity her much. Don't you think, love, that when he has always found her either bad-tempered or something worse, he was always likely to get someone else? I don't know why he should call every week as he has done, when he knew he did not want her. He ought to have told her before now, in a straightforward way, and had done with it. But I can hardly understand it. We will talk it over at Easter and see what we can make of it. I expect we shall have a fine time with her now. Ah, love, I shall be glad when I can leave it all. Saturday the 11th. My darling, I do wish Easter was here. I do want to see you, my husband. Do please excuse the blots. I feel I shall not excel in writing tonight. I hope you will not kiss me too severely, love, but I can trust to you to use me well. I do love you, darling. You will no doubt be in splendid condition, but of course that does remain to be seen and felt, you bad lad. Polly sends her love and would have put a few lines in, but our amiable sister will not nurse a minute and baby is rather cross tonight. I think he's got a little cold. It is very nice to have Polly here. She does cheer me up a bit, but it is not very pleasant for her. She has not been used to having anybody like our Emma about her. She has been as nasty as possible since she came. I wish you were here tonight, darling. We might have such a nice night to our three selves. I never forget your absence, but we must not complain, darling. Being away from me now will bring us closer, and forever. I dare say we should have been married now if you had stopped at home, but I think it is better as it is. I know I should have been all right with your mother, but then the others might not have been agreeable, love, though it is dreary work being separated. It is for the best, I think, darling. It is like leaving half of ourselves, in fact more. I think the whole of myself is with you. I did want to give you a long letter tonight, but Baby is so cross, and Polly has had him all day with us, being so busy, so I want to nurse him a bit. Good night, husband. I do love you. I shall always be your loving, true and faithful wife, Janie. We'll leave it there for now. Thank you for listening to my Love Letter Time Machine. Next time, we hear about a poisoning in Hansworth, and we find out how Fred fared in the Cleveland Challenge Cup. In the meantime, perhaps you could show the podcast some support by clicking on the ratings, leaving a review, or sharing it with someone who you think might enjoy it. And if you'd like to write to me, you can at my love letter time machine at gmail.com. Until next time, take care.